Chapter Six of Saint Bonaventure's Life of Our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ by Saint Bonaventure. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Six of the Nativity of Jesus Christ. The term then of nine months from the time of the conception of our blessed Redeemer being nearly expired, an edict was published by the Emperor Augustus Caesar throughout all his dominions whereby he ordered all his subjects to repair to the respective places of their birth there to have their names enrolled in conformity to which joseph being a native of bethlehem prepared to go thither and perceiving that the time drew near for his beloved spouse to bring forth her divine son he resolved upon taking her along with him here a second time our blessed lady undertakes a fatiguing journey the city of bethlehem being but five or six miles from jerusalem and nearly seventy from nazareth all they took with them was an ox and an ass with which they travelled on in the lowly appearance of such as deal in animals of that kind at length arrived at the city of bethlehem they found there so great a multitude of people who had resorted thither from all parts on the same occasion that by reason of their extreme poverty and distress they could find no room in the inn here let tenderness excite you to compassion towards the august personage of this young and delicate virgin consider her at the age of fifteen wearied with the labours of a tedious journey confused terrified and abashed amidst a crowded populace she seeks to no purpose a place of rest and being everywhere refused admittance for herself and spouse is at last reduced to seek for a shelter in a homely shed the usual refuge of persons surprised by sudden storms of rain in this place we may suppose saint joseph who was by profession a carpenter might probably have made a kind of partition or small enclosure for themselves in which he fixed a rack and manger for the convenience of their beasts and now let me earnestly entreat you to be sedulously attentive to everything that passes concerning this subject chiefly because what i am now going to relate i had from a devout and holy man of undoubted credit to whom i believe it was revealed by the blessed virgin herself the expected hour of the birth of the son of god being come on sunday towards midnight the holy virgin rising from her seat went and decently rested herself against a pillar she found there joseph in the meantime sat pensive and sorrowful perhaps because he could not prepare the necessary accommodation for her but at length he arose too and taking what hay he could find in the manger he diligently spread it at our lady's feet and then modestly retired to another part then the eternal son of god coming forth from his mother's womb was without pain to her transferred in an instant from thence to the humble bed of hay that was prepared for him at her feet his holy mother hastily stooping down took him up in her arms and tenderly embracing him laid him in her lap then through instinct of the holy ghost 
she began to wash and bathe him with her sacred milk with which she was most amply supplied from heaven this done she took the veil off her head and wrapping him in it carefully reposed him in the manger here the ox and the ass kneeling down and laying their heads over the manger gently breathed upon him as if endowed with reason they were sensible that through the inclemency of the season and his poor attire the blessed infant stood in need of their assistance to warm and cherish him then the holy virgin throwing herself on her knees adored him and rendering thanks to god said my lord and heavenly father i return thee most grateful thanks that thou vouchsafest of thy bounty to give me thy only son and i praise and worship thee o eternal god together with thee o son of the living god and mine joseph likewise paid him adoration at the same time after which he stripped the ass of his saddle and separating the pillion from it he placed it near the manger for the blessed virgin to sit on but she seating herself with her face towards the crib made use of that homely cushion only to lean on in this posture the queen of heaven remained some time immovable keeping her eyes and affections steadily fixed on her beloved son thus far from the above-mentioned revelations after our blessed lady had revealed this to her devout votary she disappeared and there remained with him an angel of god who spoke many great things to her sacred praise and the same were again related to me which i am neither capable of repeating nor retaining you have here christian reader been present at the sacred birth of the son of god and beheld the happy delivery of the queen of heaven and may have discovered in both these mysteries the true practice of strict poverty in the extreme penury and want of many things necessary this most sublime virtue the lord of heaven and earth first brought to its true lustre this is that evangelical pearl to obtain which we must spare no cost but must purchase it at the expense of all we have this is the first and sure foundation necessary to support the whole spiritual fabric for the soul being here clogged with the weight of temporal goods is thereby rendered incapable of raising itself on high and freely ascending to god in relation to this saint francis thus says you are to know brethren that poverty is the spiritual way that leads to salvation as it were the nutrimental sap of humility and the source of all perfection the fruit of which is concealed from and unknown to many it ought then to be a subject of confusion to us that we endeavour not with all our strength to embrace it but on the contrary load ourselves with the care of many superfluous and unnecessary things when the lord of heaven and the blessed virgin his mother were with the greatest perfection most strict observers of it saint bernard also says the practice of this virtue is a jewel which the facility of obtaining has rendered of little value in the esteem of mankind 
the son of god being desirous of this virtue descended from heaven among us that he might become capable of practising it himself and of rendering it dear to us by the esteem he set upon it embellish thy heart then as a worthy sanctuary for thy heavenly spouse with the virtues of a profound humility and a strict poverty these are the swaddling clothes he takes the greatest delight in and these he prefers as the blessed virgin testifies to the mantles of the richest brocades adorn thy soul with them o christian reader and make a sacrifice to god of the vanity of pompous attire better suiting the pride of heathens than the humble profession of christians and again in his sermon on the nativity he says almighty god at length comforts his people would you know who are his people here then the man according to god's own heart to thy care says he the poor is committed psalm nine and as christ adds in the gospel woe unto you that are rich for you have received here your consolation luke chapter two and how indeed can they expect from him any comfort who have placed their comfort elsewhere the tender infancy of jesus christ is no comfort to the loquacious and evil promoters of idle discourse his tears convey no comfortable harmony to those who are inclined to inordinate laughter and trivial mirth they whose glory it is to shine in gay apparel receive no comfort from the poverty and meanness of his attire nor do his humble stall and homely manger contribute the least consolation to those whose ambition is to fill the first seats and hold the chief dignities in church or state the joyful tidings of the eternal light springing forth was first carried to the poor shepherds who were carefully watching their flocks and it was said that unto them a saviour was born that is unto the poor the industrious and the labouring not unto you o rich who lulled with ease and swelled with power and plenty have here your fill of consolation thus far saint bernard in this same nativity of the son of god we may likewise contemplate a most profound humility which is evidently remarkable both in the mother and her blessed son they disdained not a stall for their habitation a truss of hay for their bed dumb creatures for their companions with everything about them that seemed lowly mean and contemptible each of them with the greatest perfection always practised this virtue and in the most minute actions of their whole lives strongly recommended it to us let us then by serious endeavours apply ourselves to the study of it and be earnestly solicitous of embracing it because without it there is no salvation none of all our actions can be pleasing to god if joined with pride for according to saint augustine pride was the occasion of that unhappy change among the angelical spirits transforming them from angels of light into devils whereas humility raising mankind above their nature transformed them into the state of angels hence 
St. Bernard asks the following question. What ought mankind to be, whose happy lot it is to repair the vacant seats of the reprobate angels? Pride once invaded that heavenly kingdom. It shook its walls, and in a great measure undermined them. What then follows hence, but that a vice so pestiferous is become odious to that city, and the worst of all abominations? Be assured, brethren, that he who spared not the angels for their pride will not fail severely to chastise mankind, for he never acts inconsistently, but is perfectly conformable in all his works. Lastly, contemplate in this divine child and his sacred parent, but more especially in the infant Jesus, that more than ordinary anguish which piercingly affected their tender hearts concerning which St. Bernard again says, The Son of God, being to be born, in whose power it was to choose whatever time he pleased, made choice of that time which was most afflicting to sense and tormenting to flesh, especially to a tender infant, the son of a poor and distressed mother, who had scarcely clothes wherewith to cover him and no better cradle than a manger to lay him in and notwithstanding the great necessity there was for them we find no sort of mention made of warm furs or downy mantles and again christ who cannot possibly be mistaken chose that which was most disagreeable to the flesh it is a consequence therefore unquestionable that this in itself is most eligible most advantageous and infinitely preferable to all other things and whoever should endeavour to persuade or teach the contrary ought to be looked upon as no better than a public and dangerous impostor and as such to be shunned and avoided by every christian who places his chief interest in his salvation and again he says the saint was a long time before foretold by the prophet isaiah to be a child that should know how to refuse evil and choose good isaiah chapter seven it is therefore an evident truth that the pleasures of the flesh are evil and afflictions are good for this that the eternal wisdom and the infant word in human flesh made choice of the latter preferably to the former thus far st bernard go thou and do the same from so great an example but with discretion however so as not to exceed the bounds of your own station much more might be said concerning these virtues but let us now return to the little mansion of the nativity the son of god being now born the innumerable multitude of celestial spirits which were there assisting paid devout adoration to their god and forthwith hastened to the shepherds about a mile distant from bethlehem and related to them the birth of our lord jesus with the time and place when and where it was effected thence with joyful acclamations singing canticles of praise and glory they ascend with all speed the celestial regions carrying to their fellow-citizens the same joyful news of their lord's nativity wherefore the whole court of heaven 
in raptures of joy at the auspicious things celebrated the sacred mystery with the utmost solemnity and due thanks being paid to the almighty majesty of god the father for the great goodness and omnipotence he had manifested in this work they all successively according to the different orders of their heavenly hierarchy descend to behold the lovely and gracious countenance of their lord their king and their god and devoutly and reverently adoring him and rendering all due and profound respect to the blessed virgin mother they filled the air with the sweet and melodious harmony of canticles of praise and thanksgiving to the almighty and what one among them having received the joyful news could have remained in heaven nor descend obsequiously to visit their lord thus humbled thus reduced to the lowest condition upon earth none of them could be capable of so great an arrogance and therefore the apostle says that when the father of heaven brought his first begotten son into the world he said that all his blessed angels should worship him hebrews chapter one this to me is a most pleasing subject of meditation whether it happened exactly as here related or not to the angels succeeded the shepherds who came in their turn to pay their homely but not less welcome homage which done full of joy which the devout practice of our known duty inspires they departed but not without having first related all that the angels said to them the blessed parent observed diligently all that was said of her divine infant and kept a pleasing record of it within her own breast thou too o christian loiterer throw thyself on thy knees and in atonement for thy past neglects most cordially worship the lord thy god devoutly greet his holy mother and reverently salute the holy and venerable saint joseph then in spirit tenderly kiss the feet of the infant jesus humbly extended on a bed of hay and earnestly and devoutly request him of our blessed lady humbly entreating her to vouchsafe to permit you to take him receive him into your arms embrace him with tender affection attentively contemplate the sweetness of his sacred features and with the most profound respect salute him often salute him tenderly placing all your confidence in his goodness and all your delight in his conversation this you may boldly presume to do though a sinner because he came into the world to sinners to work the salvation of sinners and after having a long time conversed among sinners with all humility and meekness he made himself the food of sinners his divine bounty therefore will readily grant you this favor as often as your devotion shall lead you to require it neither will he deem it an effect of your presumption but a proof of your love let not his goodness however lessen the fear and reverence with which you ought to approach him but reflect that he is the holy of holies and awed by that consideration treat him with the respect becoming him when you have contemplated him sufficiently 
restore him again to his mother and learn from her how to use him see with what care caution and prudential tenderness she executes her charge suckles him nurses him and performs every other little office as occasion requires be mindful often to meditate upon these subjects take a pleasure and delight in them and with all the devotion you are master of endeavor to show your desire of aiding our blessed lady and her divine infant jesus often gaze on his amiable aspect on that divine countenance which the angels themselves covet to behold but forget not my former advice to you let fear and reverence temper your zeal and devotion lest you meet with a just repulse for your own native poverty and meanness ought to render you unworthy in your own eyes the conversation of such divine and heavenly company it might afford us new matter of spiritual joy were we to contemplate the greatness of this day's solemnity on this day was born christ that is the lord's truly anointed and therefore this is truly the birthday of the eternal king of heaven the son of the almighty god this day unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given isaiah chapter six on this day the sun of eternal righteousness which before was eclipsed spread forth the bright beams of his mercy and grace to the world on this day the holy ghost head of the chosen people of god's church came forth from the inward recess of his sacred bride chamber and the fairest in form of the sons of men graciously unveiled his lovely and long wished for and pleasing countenance on this day was first heard that angelical hymn gloria in excelsis deo etc glory be to god on high etc this day as the church everywhere sings the heavens distilled honey and the earth echoes with angelical notes on this day the humanity and benignity of god our saviour first appeared among us on this day god was worshipped in the likeness of sinful flesh on this day were fulfilled those two wonderful mysteries surpassing all understanding and to be reached only by faith to wit god is born and a virgin brings forth a son on this day many almost innumerable other miracles were wrought in a word it was on this day properly speaking that all that has been said of the incarnation shone forth in its true lustre for whatever was begun before was not completed nor manifested till now wherefore it may not be improper to unite those passages which seemed different in point of time and to make them the subject of the same devout meditation not without great reason then you see is this day a day of public rejoicing of spiritual mirth and universal gladness to confirm which god was pleased to work the following miracles in the very centre of paganism at rome was a celebrated tavern or house for drinking known by the title of the pay house because thither the roman soldiers used to resort to regale themselves and to spend their pay when they received it and here 
on the same day on which christ was born sprung forth a rich fountain of precious oil and at the same time a circle round the sun in appearance like the rainbow was seen in the heavens and visible to the whole universe and the golden statue which romulus the founder of the roman state had erected in his palace and which according to the pagan oracles was not to fall till a virgin should bring forth a son tumbled down to the ground and was reduced to dust all this came to pass on the very day and instant that christ was born in which place in honor of the blessed virgin pope callistus in process of time built a church now called saint mary's trans tiber End of chapter 6